This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 11th, 2016. When God interrupts Mary and Elizabeth. We had been married for um, two years. We had dated for six years prior to that. So we knew each other a long time and it was never a question about whether to have children or not. Just a matter of when. And, um, after a couple years we just felt that it was time to, to start our family and uh, so we pursued that and, and tried for a number of years uh, with no luck. Uh, and then realized that uh, it didn't seem like it was going to happen. Uh, so then we start to pursue the medical end of it, uh, what our options were. Uh, we've been very fortunate and blessed with great insurance. Um, and we had six tries of our medication. Um, and when you go through that, you think that, okay, this is going to work. And uh, what bothered me, us the most, uh, the, the emotional highs and lows. You, everything's perfect, everything is the way it's supposed to be. And that time comes, you, you do what you have to do, and, uh, and then it's negative. It was very discouraging. It was really a roller coaster. And throughout this time, I'm not sure Bob felt anger. We both felt frustration, but I, I felt anger. I felt that so many people were able to have children, so many people that didn't want children had children, and we really desperately wanted children. And so, um, yeah, this was a major interruption. So throughout that time, I struggled with God, and I, I said, Lord, your will, but at the same time, I was saying, why? Again, why? we were gonna stop after four tries uh, because of the the highs and lows of the emotions, uh, uh, the frustration, the, the wonderment of, you know, is it ever going to happen? Um, and I got home one day after work and uh, back then we checked the answering machine to see uh, who had called um, and there was a message uh, from the doctor saying Diane was pregnant. Um, and I remember calling them back just to be sure I was hearing what they were saying and they confirmed it that she was and he looked at me and he said I just got off the phone um, you're pregnant and it I mean it should be as if you know the, angel, the angels started singing it wasn't really quite that I guess there was still doubt in my mind mm -hmm. I didn't feel any different and of course then I was afraid to move I didn't want anything to happen you know, throughout this time, um, we had had conversations about whether we would go through this again, these procedures. They're invasive, they're certainly not uh, anything sentimental to talk about, it's not the way it's, you know, supposed to be, but um, we pursued it. Um, but he said very clearly that if we had one baby that we were not going to pursue it anymore, and I thought, wow, that's, that's, um, uh, that's a reason to pray for twins. And so we started to pray for twins. We? <laughs> Didn't we? I don't know if we did. I thought we did. <laughs> I did. I started to pray for twins. 
So we had to go to uh, up to New Brunswick to have have an ultrasound done, and um, he said, "Well, everything's fine, and you're having two." And, and immediately, we both thought, "Better two than three. Yeah. And reflecting on this interruption, um, I mean, we had a good end. We had an amazing end to have two two children and healthy children. They were born nine weeks early, but they were healthy, they were just small, and um, I reflect on it even today and find it hard not to be emotional about God's blessing us. Uh, tremendously, uh, to look at um, two beings that were 12 and a half inches uh, 22 years ago now, uh, and for them to be the beautiful people that they are. Mm. We're so thankful that they shared their story on that video this morning. Today we continue to prepare our hearts and minds for the birth of Jesus as we consider how God interrupted the lives of, of those involved in that first Christmas. This morning we will focus on uh, Mary and Elizabeth. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And um, I want to thank you so much for your prayers for our family. Last week I shared that my father was transitioning from this life to eternal life and um, he passed away on Thursday morning. It was a long week, but we are so certain of the promise of eternal life that it really does take the sting of death away. I want to show you a couple pictures because it just helps me right now get ready to preach. This is my dad, and um, the picture in the middle was this past summer. He had had a, a quick hospitalization, and uh, they needed some help, so I spent a couple days with them. The picture on um, my left was his last time on the beach. He loved the beach, and Alan came and helped get him on and off, and that was a great, great day. And then this picture up here is Thanksgiving, just two weeks ago, where he was able to come and have um, Thanksgiving at our house with all of his kids gathered. And so it was a beautiful day. And... Um, while it's kind of hard for me to be up here today, I really rejoice in knowing that he is saved. His, he was struggling, and whenever I would read scripture and we would pray, he settled right down. And that's a message for all of us, because the word of God is what keeps us and holds us close. Not the word, but the word, Jesus Christ. So I am grateful. Keep praying. The funeral's on Thursday. You know, the Veterans Cemetery, you just got to wait till there's an opening. So we've got a little bit of a wait, but I thank you so much for your prayers for our whole family. We are sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Lord, thank you so much for today, for your eternal plan and purpose, and for the opportunity that we have to gather in your name there's no place where I'd rather be. 
and so settle us in that we might be changed and transformed by your love. I pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Amen. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Last week, our focus was on Zechariah, who along with his wife, they were an elderly couple and they had given up all hope of ever having a child. God heard their prayers and the angel Gabriel visited them and told them that they would indeed have a son that Elizabeth would become pregnant and it's a son whom they would name John. As we see in the scripture reading, Elizabeth is now six months pregnant when God again sends the angel Gabriel to make an announcement. This time, instead of Jerusalem, he is sent 60 miles north to the region of Galilee to a little town called Nazareth to a young girl, a virgin named Mary. She is pledged, engaged, betrothed to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Now, engagement or betrothal in that culture was arranged by the parents, usually when the girl was quite young. It lasted for a year and was as legal and binding as marriage. In fact, it could only be dissolved through divorce. It was as if the couple were married without sharing the marriage bed, which is kind of noted twice in this brief passage, as we're told two times, that she was a virgin. If you have your Bibles, open it up to Luke chapter 1, verse 28. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Mm. So a question for you. Who here has ever been greeted by an angel? Yes, there were lots of people the last two services. What's wrong with this group? Just kidding. Anyway, some words of advice if you're greeted by an angel, especially the angel Gabriel, and they say that you're highly favored by the Lord. Hold on to your hat because you're in for a wild, wild ride. Man, talk about when God interrupts, huh? You know, Mary recognized that something incredible was unfolding as, as we read that she was troubled and, and wondered at this greeting. I mean... She's a young girl. Uh, scholars think she maybe was 12, 13, 14, that age range at the time. And in response to her fear, once again, as we saw last week when Gabriel visited Zechariah, the person being visited is told to not be afraid, fear not. Well, that's easy for the angel to say, isn't it? Yeah, not so easy for the one whose life is going to be turned upside down, inside out as a result of this greeting. And then Gabriel shares with Mary what it means to be highly favored by God. 
She's going to conceive and give birth to a son who will be called Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be the son of the Most High. He'll have King David's throne and reign over the descendants of Jacob, also known as Israel, the father of the Hebrew nation. His kingdom will never end. Now, on one hand, Mary may have been thinking when she heard this news, oh, what an honor, what a privilege that I would be so highly favored. What a blessing that I would be chosen to carry the Son of God. On the other hand, she could have been thinking, oh, my goodness, I could get stoned to death because I'm with child but without husband. Uh, the father of my child is not my fiance. <laughs> Her thoughts uh, may have, and this is an Alanization here, this isn't scripture, I'm just taking this. Thoughts may have foreshadowed what her son many years later would say as he prayed before facing the cross. He said, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, but not my will, your will be done. Whatever she was thinking, the angel's words were quite, a, quite confusing to Mary as evidenced by what she said next. How will this be, Mary asked the angels, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Say the last line with me. For no word from God will ever fail. Okay, so, so Mary's young, as we said, but she has had middle school biology at this point. She understands where baby come from, that they're, uh, how they're made, what it takes for a child to be conceived, and she knows that she hasn't taken the necessary steps, or the necessary step, for one, to have a child conceived and, and living inside of her. How, how will this be, Mary asks, since I'm a virgin. It's not like last week when, when uh, Zechariah uh, when the, was told that uh, his wife was going to have child, where he just was kind of like, I can't believe that God could do this, and was silenced then until the birth of the child. It's, this is more like, wait a minute. This doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't add up. It doesn't follow logical procedure here. Uh, what's announced can't happen without what needs to happen, her current situation. It just, it does, she's baffled by this angelic announcement as she is quick to point out. And so Gabriel then explains to Mary how it's going to happen. Gabriel says it's through the power of the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Mary will become pregnant and give birth to the Holy One who shall be called Jesus, who will be called the Son of God. And Gabriel points out that God also did another God miracle, sharing with her that her cousin Elizabeth was also six months pregnant, even in her old age. 
to the point where pregnancy would seem absolutely impossible, to the point where Elizabeth had given up all hope of giving birth to a child. Even at this late point in life, there's Elizabeth pregnant, but it actually fulfills this scripture, this last line in scripture that says, for no word from God will ever fail. And what we say around here at Connection Church, say it with me, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing's impossible with God. You know, this virgin birth thing is something that, for a lot of people, it's challenging. It's, it, it, I, I'm, I'm not sure they really fully believe it deep down. I mean, they might give lip service, but I'm not sure down deep they really believe that the, the virgin birth uh, something that it's really difficult to handle, to basically suspend the laws of uh, nature. nature and to allow ourselves to go beyond that, so to speak. And so for some people, I, th I think it's, this just can't be. It's like when Mary first heard it and asked how it could be, because the necessary steps hadn't been taken, when but then for her, when the angel explained it, you know, she took it in stride. But I'm not sure that's so for a lot of people. You know, when it doesn't fit our everyday understanding, when it doesn't fit our logical rationale, when it doesn't fit how we understand nature and the way the world struggles, we have trouble with supernatural, things that go beyond nature, that go beyond the rules of the universe, so to speak, the rules of the cosmos. Um, but isn't that true for all of us at one some time or other, where you, I'm sure, I at times have had trouble with a God thing because we just didn't understand how it, how it could work because logically we couldn't make it work. And if we can't make it work, then we have trouble thinking God can. That seems kind of ridiculous too, doesn't it, that if we can't figure it out, God can't, you know, God couldn't, duh. So if we're truly going to believe that with God, all things are possible, then in order to believe that, we must believe that God is able to suspend the everyday rules and laws of the universe, the reality, our reality, as we know it. We must be able to believe that God established the laws of nature, the laws of the universe, the laws of everything, how it fits, how it works, how it's all put together, and that this same God can change it in a flash, can turn it around, can overrule these same laws. If God can suspend the rule that an old lady like Elizabeth can't get pregnant and give birth, then can't that same God suspend the rule that conception can only take place the way that we know it? Hmm. And why is holy conception so difficult to believe anyway? I mean, we, Gary and I get to see the suspension of laws of logic we get to see God's miraculous supernatural power in the Holy Spirit here all the time at Connection Church. I'll give you an example. We've had the opportunity on several occasions to see marriages that I would say were dead, dead and gone, buried. 
<laughs> kind of like Lazarus, in the tomb for four days. They were gone and really starting to stink. You know what I mean? They were in bad, 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 gone, no resurrection kind of shape. And yet those marriages somehow miraculously resurrected through the power of the Holy Spirit. That, that overturns all logic. We, we've seen persons here who their lives absolutely destroyed by booze or by drugs or you name it. I've seen their families shredded, and we've seen healing. We've seen wholeness. We've seen those, fam those individuals and those families brought back together. I am one of those families. Yes. There you go. Through the power of God's Holy Spirit. We've seen people, I mean, even in the day-to-day, -day, like you have an unexpected job, either change or loss, a loss of a job, and a person just able to somehow just find peace, absolute peace in the, in the midst of such a serious life interruption. And God can take that interruption and through God's Holy Spirit bring that peace about. Wow. We've seen physical and emotional and psychological and relational and spiritual healing here at Connection Church time and time again through the power of God's Holy Spirit. We've seen 14 families who pulled their resources 15 years ago to start this place, and now, thanks to the Holy Spirit, <laughs> Look around. people are connected <laughs> to Jesus and the new life he offers, and we will continue to do that. Continue to do that. We see Connection Church getting ever closer to the reality of God's vision for a new church just a few miles north where ministry can be expanded and even more people connected to Jesus and the new life he offers. I've seen it personally in my life. <laughs> if you knew me in high school and college and my writing abilities then, the fact that I write an eight to ten page paper or message weekly now, it's an absolute miracle. <laughs> Thanks to the power of the Holy Spirit. You just ask my English teachers in high school and college, they would tell you, it's a miracle. <laughs> and then in our lives, carrying uh, my life, you know, in um, January 7th, we're going to celebrate 39 years of wedded bliss. Okay, now, now tell them the truth. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to get back. I'm going to, I'm going to circle back in just a minute. And, and, and we're in the process of realizing 16 years of working together here at Connection Church. Now, that, that's an even greater miracle than the 39 years. It, is. it truly is. That's an even greater miracle. Yes. And, you know, I say wedded bliss. And there have been some blissful times. There's also been some very challenging times. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. You know, like, we had good highs, some horrible lows, and everything in between. Both, both married and working together. Yet the thing is, here we are, we're still in love, still working together, and, and, and we attribute that to God's Holy Spirit power. And, and I don't think either of those 
uh, continued together or working or married would be possible without the Holy Spirit power that we've enjoyed over the years. Amen. That's an amen. Amen. You know, the, the virgin birth is certainly a miracle. It's a miracle for all time. But the miracle that exceeds that one is that God would come down. God with skin on, Jesus Christ, to walk among us, to talk to us, to minister to us, face to face, person to person, and then be willing to die for us. Jesus came knowing he would die for us and make that journey to the cross so that we could be saved and spend eternity with God. Now that's the miracle. That's the miracle because Jesus' death defeated the grave. He rose again. He sitteth at the right hand of God the Father. And we can have Christ with us through the power of the Holy Spirit at all places in all times. And that shows that beyond anything else, that whole, whole thing lets us know that with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. You know, maybe some of you here today are in the midst of some challenges like, like we've shared here this morning. Um, maybe in the midst of interruption, and uh, maybe you find it difficult, real difficult. Maybe you find it difficult to find the light at the end of that tunnel, to see God's hand in the midst of this interruption. And here's what we would tell you this morning. Two simple words, hold on. Three simple words, keep the faith. Don't let go. And while you may not know how things are going to unfold, you know, God usually gives us this much, not that much. He lets us see the next step or two, but not all the way to the end. You don't know what the end's going to bring. Know this, God cares and God loves you more than you can even possibly imagine, and that God is with you. Even though you might not realize, maybe you might not feeling it, God is just you right there in the midst, in the middle of all of that, no matter what. You know, here's, here's the other thing. Many of you, we know, have experienced a, a God miracle in your own life that, that, that suspends what you thought would have been possible. M many of you have, 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 a, have a, a God story that, that suspends the logic of normal reality like we're talking about this morning. <laughs> Think about that. Where is it in your life that God brought about that, that possibility that, that seemed impossible to you? <laughs> For some of you, that might just be the fact that you're sitting right here this morning in a church listening to a message talking about how God interrupts. Maybe God interrupted your life by getting you here in a church today. Yeah. We challenge you. If you have a story, share it with somebody this week. Share, you know, because they might have a story to share with you. Wouldn't that be cool? to swap God stories this week with somebody. And you know, if you don't have a God miracle story, 
Just hang in there because you will. You will. That's the business God's in, the miracle business, the nothing is impossible with God business. So for Mary, once Gabriel shared with her the nature of her conception, she readily accepted it, and she yielded to the Lord. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. And then Luke goes on to tell Mary that Elizabeth was pregnant. And so Mary went to her. It says that when Mary greeted her, can you imagine Mary walking in the door and Elizabeth hearing her? And scripture says that the baby leapt inside of Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Check this out. In a loud voice, she, Elizabeth, exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And then Mary sings a song of joy. It's written out right there in Scripture. A song that glorifies the Lord, celebrating the great things that God has done. It's a song we're going to sing at the end of the service today. The song is called, My Soul Magnifies the Lord, and incorporates um, this, not only this, but also some of Isaiah's prophecy. But from today, what it shares in the song, and say it with me. My soul, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. He has done great things for me, great things for me. Yeah. So Mary stayed with her cousin Elizabeth for three months. Now Elizabeth was six months pregnant when she arrived, so it seems that she would have been there when John, John the Baptist, was born. Then Mary returned home to await the birth of her own child, Jesus. Mm. That's a heck of a story, isn't it? You know, I love the whole Christmas story. I love all the parts. I love this part of the story. It's just, it's just a great piece of the Christmas story. It's a heck of an interruption, isn't it? Mary, Elizabeth both had these incredible interruptions. And it's an, an interesting contrast between these two uh, it says cousins. They been, could have been second, third, whatever cousins. These two relatives. Check out how Craig Barnes, the writer, and uh, actually he's the president of uh, Princeton Seminary. This is how he puts it. He says, they made an interesting pair. Elizabeth was getting on in years when she became pregnant with a boy who would become John the Baptist, her first pregnancy, after many years of trying to have a child with her husband. By contrast, her young cousin Mary assumed she would need to have a husband before she started having babies. So, it was too late for Elizabeth to have a child and too early for Mary. Unless, of course, you're God, in which case these pregnancies make perfect sense. <laughs> when Mary learned of Elizabeth's pregnancy and went to her home, they formed the first community of Christ because they were two people gathered in his name. Three, if you count John, who leapt in Elizabeth's womb because he was so excited about the coming Savior. Years later, Jesus would say that whenever two or three were gathered in his name, he would always be in their midst. 
To this day, whenever the community of faith gathers, excuse me, the community of Christ gathers, it is a community of interrupted lives. Can I hear an amen to that? Some of us, like Elizabeth, have discovered life isn't what we had settled for. And others, like Mary, have discovered life isn't what we had hoped for. All of us have discovered that when a Savior is in our midst, life isn't limited by our despair or our hopes. When a Savior is in our midst, and he is, Absolutely, at all times, in all places. Life is not limited by our despair or our hopes or by anything in between. That's such an important thing to remember as we prepare for the coming of Christ as, as Jesus you know, pierces the earth, interrupts the world. That's what we're talking about. Glorious interruptions as we worship together this Advent season, it's important to remember that the life God has for us <laughs> isn't the one that we settled for, isn't even the one that we dreamed of or planned of, of, because it's so much better. God has a purpose and a plan for each one of us beyond what we could ever imagine. And in those highs and lows and of life and everything in between, God can take those times and carry us through when we think we can't take another step or breath. Because that's what God does. There's a life full of interruptions with God and also a life of eternal possibilities. And for that, I am grateful. A life with the Savior of the world, and his name is Jesus. Let's believe that. Let's claim it in faith and live it out every step of the way. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for this story of Mary and how she said you know, submitted to you in such an incredible way. And for Elizabeth and for the whole story found in Luke and story meaning uh, truth, thank you that um, you loved us so much, you cared for us so much that you knew we needed a Savior and you interrupted the world by walking among us, talking among us, living dying and rising again. For that, all we can say is thank you. Lord, help us magnify you in all that we do and say. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church. Connecting people.